2: What is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed, deck-oven pizza with made-from-scratch-each-morning dough. Choose your own adventure with their wide range of toppings or try one of their signature Philanthropies. A portion of every sale from these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. Looking to have Sexy Pizza support your organization or event? Go to www.sexypizza.com wait dot sexy dot pizza i just don't trust that i I don't believe that and check out their about page for the donations link to see how sexy pizza can support your cause uh with 12 inch 16 inch and 18 inch crusts sexy pizza is sure to be the right fit add on all the fix-ins with wings salads Pastas, knots, or dessert options. And don't forget their vegan options or the delicious 12 inch gluten free crust. And you've got yourself a can't miss hit. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill with a new location in Trinidad, Colorado coming soon. It's just sexy.pizza. There's nothing after that. No That's way. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. Sexy Pizza essentially has a website on the dark web. That's how dope. They that are. is so delicious, <laughs> It worked. Yeah. I just went to yes. the website. It worked. Yes. It is www.sexy.pizza. Holy it's not sexy pizza. To- I was sure that was a typo from where they Randy. straight up changed the oh, game, Yeah. Wow. wow. Why aren't we dnvr.sports? <laughs> We blew it. We could have been nothing at the end of our name. Wow. Honestly, though, that is super confusing. Sexy.pizza. Oh, my God. I don't know about that. We need a special edition of the pod just to resolve that. I'm in. Uh, DMVR Draft Podcast. Henry did the read. I'm supposed to drive this thing, but I'm going to try my best not to. So our conversation's free flowing. <laughs> There's a little uh, look into the, the third wall, is it? I don't even know. It's actually Fourth the wall. full, full crew. So J Mike is here. Jake is here. I'm here. And damn it all, Henry. That wasn't a pre recorded read. Nope. He is here as well. Damn it. Does this make me happy to have us all together? Jay, um, <laughs> hey, Mike, you, you missed
1: out last episode. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's, it's been chaotic over here. I remodeled most of my townhouse, which my dog has not been a fan of. Any. he tried to jump out the window at the painters yesterday oh my God. and was really close to doing so. So it's been interesting. Um, he jumped over a wall yesterday, was at oh. least five feet tall. So I'm, I'm, Pretty concerned about the future. I mean, I'm stoked, but he he's definitely going to dunk on somebody at some point, and
2: we're going to have to see what
1: happens of that.
2: Your dog's becoming the mascot of this podcast, major character in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I like it.
1: He's the mascot of my life. What's uh? Wow. Let's give the dog name out at this. Yeah. Point. What's his name? If you'll. This is Indy. He is Indy. my black lab slash unknown, but he He's very chaotic. Kangaroo, <laughs> yeah, part kangaroo, like part pit bull. I, I, I'm not sure what the deal is, but he's sweet, oh, but he's a lot.
2: But is outstanding. Um, yeah, we're bringing it back. The quarterback power rankings. We had so much fun, and then these matchups this week were so big that I actually think we have a lot of changes. Justin, you didn't get to do the exercise because Indy was bonkers last time we did this thing <laughs> so i leave the floor to you i'm sure henry jake we all have some switcheroos uh to pull on ours we gave out top tens last week we can keep these more free-flowing on the top five though i allow i allow an extended list to justin who again not with us last week so start us off then
1: yeah this has been it's been a strange year because the guys that I wasn't all that high on coming into the season have performed pretty well, and JT Daniels and Matt Corral, and how high to rank them, I'm still not 100% sure. Yeah. Carson Strong, my guy, hasn't killed his case. I'd say Jake Haner's really improved his, but I'm still somewhat skeptical of what his game looks like at the next level. Um, but yeah, I'll just start at the top, I guess. I've got Malik Willis at number one. I don't know if that's like a scorching hot take at this point, but I think based out of what we've seen out of the guys coming in, in terms of him and Howell, Rattler, Ritter, uh, Ritter the guys that were kind of in everybody's focus coming in, he's been the most consistent. I love what he brings with the run game. I I think he's more Malik Jackson than Teddy Bridgewater, or my goodness, Lamar Jackson. My goodness. Than at Bridgewater and I just, I don't know. He's a lot of fun. So that's why I've got at one. Uh, I have two at the moment. I still have Sam Howell, but I don't know. I just, nothing he's done this year has like made me want to pound on the table to draft him. I understand all the skepticism, but I think when you look at his complete body of work, I still have him at two, uh, three. I've got Desmond Ritter at the moment. I think he's helped his draft stock, but I've still got some questions about, just consistency with ball placement. I, he's got a good arm, not like a tremendous arm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I worry about NFL windows, but I'm yeah. giving him the benefit of the doubt. I love what he put on film this past week at Notre Dame. I thought it was a big-time performance. One, we can get in this when we get into the risers, just for, for Cincinnati's playoff stock. But two, just for like cementing, this is a guy that can get it done on the big stage, on the road. Notre Dame pushed him. They, you know, they had the big lead. He was able to strike back. Uh, four, I have Jay Kaner, even though I think that's probably a little bit high, but I just, I love his athleticism. And I think he, what he is good at is what you need in a modern offense. He's got a big arm. He can spread the field. He's really, really good on the run. He can make throws at weird angles. He's great at dropping the ball in, you know, on some of those corner routes, stuff like that. I just love his game. And then five, I still have Carson Strong. Based on his body of resume, and I've hyped him so long, I can't jump ship just yet. But he's really got to perform well in conference play to kind of put himself back in the first-round conversation. Now,
2: Strong did have a strong performance against Boise State. His issue is his completion percentage just is never as high as you'd think. And I, I talked last pod, the mixing touch with Zip can be a bit but he seems to be figuring out um so i'm honestly kind of surprised because strong jumps up to four for me and you did draft eligible i did anyone who's not in the nfl or any amateur it doesn't even
1: matter amateurs anymore but i guess i mean i'm trying to be critical because i hyped him up you know he was like my qb1 coming into the season and he hasn't really or qb2 i guess but he hasn't really lived up to that to this point. He did put... If you watch the Cal game, I think that was his best film. And he did look good at Boise State. And I think over time, he's he's going to be a top three quarterback for me. But just based on what we've seen at this point, I mean, Hayner, that performance at UCLA is probably the best performance of any quarterback so far this season, just both in terms of like the moment and the impact and living up to the what his team needed in, in the most dramatic stage, but also just... I mean, he had some money throws, and i he's, like, hobbling up the field, and he's still getting his team down. GMs are going to love that stuff.
2: Coaches are going to love that stuff. Yeah. Hayner is a dog. Who is your third? Ritter's an interesting one. After
1: that Notre Dame game. Um, I might we- be putting too much stock into one week. I, I guess if I'm really nitpicking myself, maybe I put strong... Hayner, three, strong four, Ritter, five. But I really like all three of those guys. I just think it's a consistency thing with with all three of them.
2: Well, Ritter's coming off that second half against Indiana. I take Indiana very seriously. And then he does that against Notre Dame, 297. That's damn near a career high, certainly a season high. Um, But the question with him has been, what's the comp, guys? And also, what traits... Are you clinging on to as a coach, and you're saying, "No, he has X, which will allow me to do Y." Because he checks off a lot of boxes. He's another Bill Parcells rule. He's gonna, he he's had, a, he's been around a while. He's competed well. I mean, shoot, guys won a ton of games. He's athletic. He's tall. But yeah, what's What's that like anchor trait that Ritter has? And what's the comp? He really, he's, he's tough to kind of gauge that way. And a- anyone else. Um, I
0: think he's I'll more athletic. In. Go ahead, Jake. Um, Just because I moved him up to number two in my power rankings, oh, no. just because I thought that was a really nice performance against Notre Dame. Um, We saw a little bit on the uh, ground with him. You know, he still hasn't really opened up that part of his game. That used to be, I mean, he ran for at least 500 yards his past three seasons as starter. Um, he hasn't even reached 100 yet. So I want to see more of that from him. But like you said, Dre, the Bill Parcells rules, he just checks, it's every box. And um, He's coming up on scoring, uh, starting uh, 40-ish games, 40-plus if he gets through this whole year. Got a 3-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, complete 60% of his, of his passes. He's definitely won 60% of his games. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, you don't really have that trait, that pound-the-table trait with him uh, that I've seen so far. He's just a guy that it's like the perfect situation for him on this team. He's really the, yeah. the perfect type of quarterback for this. Um, but, I mean, you can't deny his performance so far.
1: 100%. He might be I'm the best decision-maker of the group in terms yeah. of, like, he, he never puts his team in a bad position. As much as I like Carson Strong, he does try and force some balls every now and then that gets him in trouble. Like you said, it's the knowing when he can rely on his rocket arm and kind of when he needs to just throw the ball away. That's actually something he even admitted to me in the offseason. Like, that's something he's been trying to work on is just taking what the defense gives him. And I think, you know, as as he alluded to it, the three-to-one touchdown to interception ratio, Ritter's just money when it comes to that. Like, he's a coach's dream when it comes to, I'm not going to lose this game. I don't know if he has the arm of some of the other prospects and I don't think he moves as well as like Willis or Hainer, but he is deceptively athletic and and that's what I was going to kind of bring up before Jake took the point is I just want to see him run the ball a little bit more because I think that's, what's going to kind of sell him to coaches is he is a, he's a sneaky athlete out there. I moved him up mine too. Um,
2: Just kind of for the same reasons that you guys said, honestly, more than anything, he just has like veteran vibes. Like you look at him and it's like, yeah, put him at quarterback and good things are going to happen. And It's just been a couple of years of consistent play. I don't know that that's all that useful for draft purposes, but it separates him in these rankings. Yeah. And honestly, it's why it's why the Parcells rules are valuable. Like it checks out the dude has so many experience. So I think you guys kind of all nailed it on the head like his premier rate probably is his decision-making Justin, but that is countered with his weakest Art, which is what you mentioned earlier, which is throwing with anticipation NFL windows. So it's easy now to be a good decision maker. What, what happens when you got to be set up, but shoot doing what he did against Notre Dame. That is huge, man. That is huge because that's a defense that speeds you up. I mean, a
1: secondary with Kyle Hamilton, like it's no joke. And um, I think we saw him adjusted in that game because we saw Notre Dame kind of adjust to that Cincinnati offense late in the second quarter and throughout the third and then kind of close the gap. And he's had a feel for what the defense was giving him in that one. I yeah. I just like him, man. He's a grinder. I, we can talk about this a little bit, but if there was ever a year for a G5 team to make the playoffs, it's this one. And in Cincinnati, they've kind of made it through the, the non-con part, which was, you know, I think what was probably, the, mm-hmm. that might have been what held them back if they dropped one. But as long as they take care of business in the AAC, it's going to be interesting. Really
2: interesting. Um, Hank, why don't you unleash your top five on us? So I um basically tore mine apart. Honestly, what happened was Dre said, Should we do the quarterback rankings? And I was like, huh, weird. We just did that last week. And then and then I thought about it and I was like, Yeah, I've got some big changes I want to make. A lot of fun. Um let's go, Hank. Not many like new names, but number one, Bryce Young. You guys convinced me last week when we were talking like he is he is really good. And sometimes it's just as simple as that. Um, number two, Malik Willis, honestly, similar to, to Desmond Ritter in that, like, I, I just like when he's my quarterback. Like he's one of those guys you bet on him. And you're just like, this is comfortable having Malik Willis be the guy out there that you're betting on. Just again, kind of those veteran type of vibes. Um, and on top of all the the things that he can do, and well, he had another great week last week, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he oh, went yeah. off.
1: Yeah, um, so Syracuse and then
2: UAB, so back-to-back back for sure. I think, so he was actually, his, his uh, week five was the best of any quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. 13 of 18, 287 yards and a touchdown, which is crazy. But um, yeah, he's my number two. Uh, Matt Corral at number three. Again, he can... He can run the offense that he's in, and that's all you can really ask of him. Um, I didn't watch him play last week, and so hopefully things didn't just that's go Bama. off the rails. Um, oh, yeah, that was Bama, wasn't it? Yeah, Bama. I thought yeah. there was another one in between there. So, yeah. Uh Matt Corral, though, he's my number three. Um, number four is where I put Desmond Ritter. We've had that talk. And then number five... I I feel like the last name on any list should be a little bit of a reach. Yeah, um, sure. That's just kind of a belief. I, like, like your last fantasy draft pick is kind of the same thing. Or just like you got to get somebody weird yeah. with that pick. Um, I, I'm going Kenny Pickett. Um, oh, let's go. <laughs> Maybe Pickett Hyde is buzzing loudly lately. If you know video. what I mean. Yeah. He's he's yeah. hot, and I feel like if we're gonna do this back-to-back weeks then i should probably inter- like overreact to what happened in between right um sure. and he went off he he was what 23 to 36 389 yards four touchdowns no picks against georgia tech sure it's georgia tech but i don't know desmond ritter and malik willis are playing trash teams half the time i mean maybe not yet but I'm not gonna hold that against Kenny Pickett. Notre
1: just Dame's question is good, if so. it, the ball, when you watch it, like traveling through the air, it's exactly where it needs to be. It just feels like it's moving in slow motion, and so I don't know. I question if it translates to the next level. But falling out, for the record, Bryce Young is my number one quarterback overall. <laughs> for yeah. if we're not having the stipulation of draft eligible, I mean, it's been it's been him and everybody else at this point. Is he more
2: you looking for a comp? Is he more Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts? Like, like is he that pure passer? That that after all miss is my only question left with Bryce. And so we're three games into his three or four games, right? Yeah, <laughs> Every other I mean, question not is very answered. so pretty good (laughs) it's a great start love the start yeah we're not very
0: far into his career like you said but i can't help but think of deshaun watson when i watch him play just how he moves in the pocket how it's like it's not like super i don't want to say clean because it is clean but it's like not refined um it's kind of like he's just going out there and balling and just how he slings the ball and everything it really reminds me of deshaun watson his pocket movement it's like you know, it's the intense, it's not to run, but it's really to set up another passing
2: window that he can find. Love that. It's true. That is, um
1: I think he nailed it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Great point. And Deshaun had those same questions. Like, hey, good passer, but, you know, it's not yeah. Dan Marino. Turned out it was just stressful.
0: Um, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, so staying at number one, I kept Bryce Young. I mean, he's probably going to be a future number one overall pick. Uh, I already said two, Desmond Ritter. Um, I think it was Hank said it. he just kind of does everything well. I mean, he just does what he's asked of and a little bit more, and it's more than enough for Cincinnati. Uh, three Malik, Willis. Um, I'm a bit hesitant with the Lamar comps just because I don't see – the thing with Lamar, Lamar had just insane burst, man, and he still has it in the NFL. Oh. I don't think Malik Willis really has like that level of burst. It's almost like Cam Newton mobility. Um, and just, I mean, I know he's playing UAB and guys like that, but uh, he's a strong runner. He reminds me of Lamar in that, that he way. Is how it's
2: compact. Yeah. Um, he's a, uh, almost he's really strong. Almost Kyler Russ, like mm-hmm. that um, center of gravity is so yeah. low. That base is so strong that he, like he's, he's something else to pull down. Um, yeah, that, so that's why
0: I think of Cam Newton, just because it's not nearly as explosive as Lamar, but it's still sure. extremely effective. Right. Um, then number four, man, I got Kenny Pickett. That's that's one of my guys, man. That Last year's BC-Pitt matchup, that, that's going to go a far way for me between Djokovic okay. and Pickett, man. Um, and then five, I put Matt Corral. Um, decent showing. I mean, I wouldn't say he lost the game. They were just like bent over backwards because Alabama was just so ridiculous. Um, but he had some nice plays. He's, I don't know. I'm kind of looking for a plus trait on him too. Um, I think that's really my holdup with him. And then after that, I moved Jay Hayner way down from two to six, Sam Howell to back it up at seven. Pretty good.
2: Um, I'll, I'll just unleash this one. Um, I went arch Manning one because <laughs> sorry guys but wow. that is like if there is one like the next generational guy that andrew luck trevor Lawrence it is arch the only guy that um the old miss coach follows on twitter and uh you know he's arch is coming off a of five touchdown week boys. so it's not like i'm just blowing smoke here
0: uh, <laughs> man that can move
2: too man He's a Manning that can move, so I don't want you shaking your head at me, Justin, because as soon as Saban brings him in at Bama, you're going to be his biggest fan. <laughs> um, or who knows? Maybe Adacio pulls the upset and wants to stay close to Uncle Peyton. That would be phenomenal. Just well. wants to be a dude. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, who do- I mean, who doesn't? This is the all dudes list that I'm giving now, after all. I gunned to my head today, October 7th, I think I would take Malik Willis ahead of Bryce Young. And I know I'm really? the one who unveiled the Bryce Young. Yeah, I'm just right there on the spectrum. Alabama's always a tough eval. Malik's starting to really flash. He's got, he's twitched up. He's twitched up and man, Auburn looking good. If only i had transferred. And I know Bo Nix did some incredible mm. stuff, but what, what kind of matchup could we have between those two? Why do um, teams do that, man? Justin Fields too. It's just, it's wild. All the best ones, man. They're all transfers. Joe Burrow. Yeah, and then I I had the same debate that you had after you gave your list, and kind of retroactively, I went strong ahead of Ritter, but they're really neck and neck for me. Um, These are two guys who uh, I would not put money on them being first rounders, but I'd feel very comfortable with the top fifty selection. know, I think that's fair. Yeah. So, so there you go. I mean, it's Willis is the one like first round grade. I see. And honestly we should mention K state, Justin, we thought um, Oklahoma might be in trouble. Rattler probably with his best game of the year, only three incompletions. One of those is a pick, but still at least you saw a little more from Rattler to me, the corral Rattler conversation would be really interesting.
1: That uh if K-State would have pulled that upset, I would have hit a six-leg parlay that would have cashed about eight hundred dollars. I'd given up on it, like I knew it wasn't gonna hit, but a little bit inside I was like, Oh, no one hurt, but I got greedy. I got greedy, I just needed him to take the spread. Anyways, that's a whole separate deal. But I I like Corral. I just I can't get over what we saw last year and 13 interceptions and he just looks so shaky when you can get him rattled. I don't think, again, I don't think he's the reason they got ruled in that in the Bama game. I think you could probably look at their coaches' antics to that a little bit more than Corral's performance. But where's the popcorn lane? But I, I don't know. I like Corral. It's I think you know, solid third round pick at this point.
2: What weirds me out is he's athletic. He's a fast processor, but we don't really see him do much on the move aside from just run.
1: Uh, and that's yeah, what he's Rattler never looking to throw. So. And right. Rattler is Willis to look to throw. Hayner looks to throw. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't sure. love him, but I'm, I'm higher on him than I was coming in, which is, I guess, a compliment. Same.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. He rose just slightly in my rankings. Um, all right, let's get into some risers after, like, a massive week of matchups. Henry even saw one of the, the performances of the week. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I let's mean, we jump in with that. Got a generational uh, defense maybe on our hands at UGA. My God, that was insane. Uh, there's probably more quarterback talk. And, uh, yeah, I think I need to rescind what I said about
1: the right tackles. But uh, first, let's take a quick break. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has the Week 5 offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943. This is a no-brainer. DraftKings customers can also get the skin in the game with the same game parlay, which allows you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more money you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. And remember, if you bet $1 on any NFL game, you can win $100 in free bets. All that has to happen, either team has to score a point. Again, make sure you use that promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? call. 1-800-522-4700. Also, we've had several DMVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental
2: Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. Those listeners have personally reached out and let us know how great their experience was and thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. There's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing from our listeners. So tell us about your experience if you've made the switch. If you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. It's about 15 minutes away from the DMVR bar in downtown Denver. Uh, They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. We've had a couple of our coworkers go out there and have um, different things done to them. A couple of them actually had their wisdom teeth out and both only had great things to say about Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, They do really great work. It's a family-owned dentistry, so you can be happy knowing that you're giving your money back to the community. And again, conveniently located just a couple minutes away from downtown Denver. The best part is if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure you get on that and get that free Sonicare toothbrush with a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group.
1: Shout out Green Mountain Dental Group, man. Perfect time to get your wisdom teeth out. I don't know if there ever is a good time, but do it there. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on. Let's talk... Risers, is that what we're doing next? My mic was muted. Yes. Yes, oh, okay. I was wondering what that was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the guys were all weirded out. I'm <laughs> I'm setting out uh genius transitions here. <laughs> I'm wondering what's going on. Aww. Uh yeah, risers. Um again, it was a big week. Hank Drake London, you got to see it. Um Absurd, man. How's this guy, 6'5"? You truly made two of the t- the catches of the weekend on those two touchdowns. Um, freaky, 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 freaky. He is really freaky. And and for those of you who didn't watch the Buffs game, uh, first of all, congrats. But second of all, you missed one drive where Drake London probably put up 70 receiving yards and a touchdown. Um, I don't think he caught a ball where he wasn't covered all day um it's just that even if you're double covered and you're drake london you're six foot five and just a freak athlete i mean he's on the basketball team too you just jump up and get the ball every single time it's ridiculous um the 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 touchdown at the end of that drive it was one-handed like it was almost like like imagine how like a waiter would hold a tray and he's like pushing <laughs> off the, the, the cornerback with one arm and with the other hand, just like palm up, just grabs the ball as it goes by in the side of the end zone. Never seen anything like it. Um, yeah. and neither had anybody else in the press box. You know, we, I was talking to Michael Westbrook that, that uh-huh. day too, who is being a in. College yeah. football hall. Yeah, I need to get that in there. Um, great. he's being inducted <laughs> great to college football hall of fame, former first round draft pe- pick receiver. And he said, too, like, just freaky Carl Durrell, who was in a very bad mood, the Buffs head coach after the game. Even he said, like, those are some of the best catches I've ever seen. And remember, that's a man who spent the last 20 years as an NFL wide receivers coach. Yeah, it's just absurd what that man did. Um, and like Carl was smiling, talking about it. Like you could tell he was just like, wow, what did we get to see today? It it was ridiculous. And, and the craziest part to me. So it's nine catches, 130 yards and a touchdown, nine catches. That is the fourth best of five performances this season, 130 yards, fourth best of five performances. Um, and then the, the, the touchdown, he's had a game with two touchdowns and that's the second game with one touchdown. Like that's just what he does. That is, um, that's some real superlatives. And honestly, him going top 10, I don't think would be unheard of. Mm -hmm. Um, we're seeing in this early stretch in the NFL season, Mike Williams has really gone off Mm -hmm. the guy who I was highly critical of with that pick, um, just because of the injury history. And I just, and I also thought Jair Alexander schooled him and I could never get over that tape, but you know what? That's a good guy. To be schooled by if you're gonna be schooled. And I think he has those kind of like just a man among boys type of traits. Yep. Um, and geez, is he fast, straight line too? Like he, he might take a little while to get up to speed, but he can he can fly once he gets up there. So he's he's a footman. man.
0: Wide receiver one.
1: Yes, he's my yeah. wide receiver one. I still like Galave. And Garrett Wilson's the freak, too. But at least based on what we've seen, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if you, like, measured their entire totality and how GMs view it that way, but nobody's been better this year. I mean, Trayvon Burks just last week's
2: episode was like, who is this guy? And honestly, most places may have Jahan Dodson as the top rated dude in this class at this point. Who we haven't talked about yet, but this this Penn State kid is—he's um, otherworldly. He looks longer than his measurements are. I was surprised to see he's just listed as five eleven, um, but man, he has a fluidity to him that has been unbelievable. And Penn State's kind of been a, a big story in this first month plus of the college football season. I'm not sure how many NFL guys they have when we did our top 10s, um, last week, Justin, and we got to kind of the bottom, we started to get into honorable mentions and we were, we had the Clifford conversation. Um, but Dotson's just like this otherworldly star on a very good team, but not a team with like studs of that caliber. He has really stood out, um, it's kind of crazy we didn't talk him as a ri- about him as a riser last week. So I wanted to. Be I got him sure. last week. Oh, you did. Well, there you go. Never mind. Um, that wide
1: receiver class looking pretty freaky once again. Like it just feels like there's going to be five every year now that are just like, yeah, that's a wide receiver one. At least there's no questions about it. It might even be more like, you know, eight to 10, depending on some of these classes. But it. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what Denver thinks, especially. You know, you got the whole situation with Sutton and Patrick coming up. I don't think you would let both of them walk. But if you did, there are some pretty good receivers coming out. I don't know. It's just a, it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how they play this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and those would be your big body guys. Um, so your options would be, you know, more of the Burks, London to replace them, but you know, There's the KJ injury looming, so what if you signed one of those guys and you're looking more for a KJ replacement? Then you're more in the market for Dotson, Wilson. Um, but I do think we've kind of identified our five, right? You said there's not yeah. every year. Yeah. Burks, the two Ohio State guys, Dotson and London. I mean, can't go wrong with any of those five. Cannot go wrong. Um, um
0: can we go back to Drake London for a second here? Please do. because I think we've talked about uh especially when we were doing like wide receivers in March or whatever, about these like jump ball receivers and how sometimes it's really tough for them to translate. Um, I think he's a guy that can possibly break that trend, not to say break that trend, just different. Um athletic athletically, um, you know, you already mentioned the speed and everything. Uh those are the the things that change the game when it comes to that. I mean, when if he, I would be concerned if he was only like putting up those uh, highlights of you know mossing kids and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just so much more than that that it's you can't ignore it.
2: There's there's yeah. like some Demarius Thomas to him, mm-hmm. like the the way that he moves with the ball. Like he's just a really good athlete, yeah. and and he's a jumper, and like he's His built Yak thick ability. Too is yes. freaky at that size.
0: And he can shed tackles, man. He's just... Yeah.
1: And the contested catches, man, like Hank said, every single one of those. <laughs> right. It's not like the DBs were in bad position. I mean, it was pretty good coverage. Like if you're a defensive backs coach, you go back and you watch the film, and it's like, I mean, I can't I can't rip you for it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Right. Honestly, like, we talk about this stuff year-round, and there's so many intricacies and stuff to it. And then there are guys like Drake London where like you barely need to know football to know that dude's going to make it like just, you know, when you, when you're paired with that otherworldly size and otherworldly athleticism, like it's pretty easy. And shoot, I'd say that about another riser, Jordan Davis. How'd he not declare last year? I don't know, but Kirby Smart should be ecstatic. That guy dominated from start to finish against Arkansas we haven't seen a defensive tackle like of his caliber come out since Quinn and Williams. So we're talking three drafts now. Um freaky. Freaky, freaky, freaky. He's got more athletic. He looks more lean. He's just like living in the backfield
1: Georgia defense is something else. It's a two uh, I mean it's a two horse race in the SEC, right? I mean, we can talk about this a little bit more when we get into the playoff stuff, but Georgia is for real. That, that SEC championship—that pretty much seems like a guarantee at this point. Obviously, you never know what can happen in the absurdity of a college football season, but it certainly feels that's the way we're heading. And that defense, man—like in an era where defense kind of—it hasn't been deprioritized, but it just hasn't caught up to offenses. They're so disruptive in the trenches. It's just one of can't—you don't have time to get cute against them. No. they're so sure. deep
2: up front. So fast, so
1: athletic, so big. They're nasty. Nasty. I got another uh, guy in the trenches that really helped us stock, Um, really, the last two weeks. But Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan, man, has been one of the best players in the country. Like, you cannot block that guy one on one, or he's just going to take your lunch money all day. And I, watching Michigan these last couple of weeks, I just, I can't watch anybody else. I'm just drawn to watching him beat dudes consistently. And you're, Watching guys hold on for dear life. If they actually threw every single holding call that should go against him, it'd be like eight or nine a game. And he's just dominating.
2: He's the third Bosa brother. They just lost him in the hospital. They completely. <laughs> the Hutchins.
1: That's how he ended up in Michigan instead for, of Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, like
2: he's a freak. I'm with you. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I would, I would just get into some of this O-line class. I talked about how some of the guys had disappointed me coming in, but other dudes are rising up. Charles Cross for Mississippi State under Mike Leach. They have a big upset of Texas a Um, Kind of sloppy and consistent last year as far as giving up some bad plays. He's really um, doing his thing. Lots of people talking about Trevor Penning out at Northern Iowa. Uh, we know Spence Round, they've produced some dudes. Um and then Nicholas Petit, um, I get this last part of his last name wrong, but the left tackle at Ohio State, Freary, um, you know, Sire Munford was the guy we were coming in looking looking for, but he's kind of taken over as being the big prospect. And uh, Darren Kennard, Kentucky, big upset of Florida. He's he's doing his thing, and even Ifo Akwaru. Number twenty-three ranked NC State. Their left tackle is no joke either. Lake Kennard maybe moved to guard, but um, he's he's a dude. And like Bronco is like, I'm sorry, they need a right tackle. They just do. So uh,
1: it's it's kind of a good year to be in the market for that. I love Kennard, man. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky was yeah, due, but he's so just great. fun to watch. He's so yeah. nasty down there. It's like it's not perfect, and you see him get beat sometimes because he's a little bit over aggressive. But I don't care. Like he's just a bully out there. Just leans a little forward too much. But yeah,
2: I, I have recently just started to love the wider based guys, and you just—they have such explosive hips. Sometimes they're just like toss dudes in a second. Oh man, Um, nothing better.
0: Did I want to talk
1: get... about Trey McBride at all last week because he's yeah. coming off. Hell by yeah, brother, I got you. Oh yeah, thank God. Somebody we. I am making it my mission to make sure that Trey McBride is mentioned at least once on every draft pod we do between now and in the draft pod. Even if I just yell his name randomly and we are, we don't talk about tight ends at any point, but I'm I'm making that commitment. Um, you want to talk about contested catches? You know, with Drake London. That's kind of been Trey McBride's specialty this year. He had a couple at Iowa that were phenomenal. That dude's awesome. Uh, I'm never going to stop piping him.
2: Oh, and him, Wiedemeyer, two UCLA guys—kind of a fun tight end class. Um, I can get into some playoff talk right now. I just don't want to cut anyone off before. Let's do it. One more. We hit the right. So. Yeah, one more. Justin yep. wanted to yep. cut me off. Thanks, though, Drake. Um, did, did. Drake Jackson, the other guy from uh from USC, who I yep. got to see. Yep. And yep. He just wrecked the game and. To be fair, like a bunch of Buffaloes also wrecked the game. But Drake Jackson... The two Drakes, honestly. I think Drake Jackson had two sacks, recovered a fumble. I I think there was a tackle for loss, like a big tackle for loss that that got called back because of a penalty. He was just everywhere. Um, And, I mean, it's a bad offensive line, but he did what he's supposed to do against a bad offensive line.
0: So I'm going to take it back to the SEC. Um, Ryan Robinson, the running back for Alabama, is just... He's not Najee Harris, like massive, just unbelievable strength and speed combination. He's more like Josh Jacobs, though, where he's, uh, again, like that center of gravity, man. He is just so hard to bring down, constantly breaking tackles, just a tough runner. And then um, my Jay Sanders from Cincinnati. I know the stat sheet wasn't exactly lit up, um, but he was responsible for the two picks uh, that Notre Dame threw. Cohen threw one and then the backup quarterback threw He got the pressure hit on both of those. Uh, both those guys just really
2: impressive. Like that, yeah. It is a it's an edge class. We got to figure out a little more. Zachary Carter, nice game for Florida in that tough loss. One and a half TFLs. Um, based off just that one week, I would take Mijay Sanders over my Bay Adam a. Anderson. So take that for what you
1: will. Love it. Love it. Support for the DNVR Draft Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped the Leaders in Male Grooming. Their fourth generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game, along with their refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com. If you use the code DNVR, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. If you haven't used Manscaped yet, you are missing out. The lawnmower, Fork No Trimmer, The Weed Whacker, they have it all. Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Reviver, they've got it all. But obviously, the star of the show is the 4th Generation Trimmer, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Gotta love that. No nicks, no cuts down where you are sensitive. It has a 7,000 RPM motor, a 4K LED light. It's waterproof. It's easily chargeable. It's nice and compact, so it's easy to travel with. And you can actually get hooked up with the Manscaped travel bag as well, which it's so clutch. I actually mention it all the time because I genuinely do love it. I've had three or four travel bags over the years. They all kind of sucked. This one is awesome. You fit everything in there. Your hair gel, razors, toothbrush, combs, whatever it may be. Shout out to Manscaped. Make sure you are using that code DNVR to save 20% off and get free shipping. You love it. We love it. Hank used it on his head once and it, it worked out just fine. I did. Nobody knew. What well, said me? Well, I told you. <laughs> <Now our audience laughs> I think you told the whole podcast. Honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet I did. Yeah. That oh, makes okay. sense. It's been on record with it many a times. Um, is playoff? There really, is there really just one? You guys can hear me, right? I'm not muted. Yes. Again. Yep. We're good. <laughs> NC State and Wake are the only two ACC teams that are ranked right now. That's yep. nuts. That is nuts. So I don't I think they going to make a lot of money players. on that.
1: Yeah, it's like, a long they're shot bet right? to win the ACC, depending on how... I mean, Clemson will probably round its stuff out in conference play, but I don't know. I don't it's know. I'll just say, if
0: Drakovich was playing for BC,
2: BC probably wins that game. I have PC money line in it. Yeah, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> Why are we not surprised, Justin?
1: Um <laughs> let's get a Big game <laughs> hunting all the time. I lose most of the time, but I go for the trophies. I assume you bring back a line every now and then. <laughs>
2: I assume everyone has Alabama. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, is it even a debate at this point? No.
2: No, Shouldn't be. The debate is is Georgia good enough to be that second SEC team and guarantee that there are two SEC teams with at least a loss or less honestly this year might be the year where you could get a two loss SEC team frankly
1: um they've got but, three ranked opponents coming up they just played you know, obviously beat down yeah, arkansas so you know, this is a really tough stretch for them but it's also a really tough stretch Know where they can Give themselves some grace down the line. I think if you win all three of these games coming up, you give yourself at least one loss, if not two down the line. If that second loss ends up being Alabama in the SEC championship game, you could probably sneak in as a four seed, especially depending on kind of what happens in the Big Ten here. I do think Michigan coming on strong is going to kind of make things interesting because obviously you've got Iowa and Penn State at the top right now. But I think the Big Ten would probably be the only wrinkle that eventually keeps two teams out of the SEC out. Otherwise, it feels... I don't know if there's a prop on that on DraftKings, but it it feels like stealing money.
2: Mm -hmm. Such chaotic year, too. I could see like two SEC, two Big Ten teams making it. It Uh, People would be
1: so pissed if that happened, but it would probably be great
0: football. Oh yeah. If if Jordan and Alabama make the SEC title game, though, know, it kind of seems at this point that they're both just kind of sharpening into the CFP. I, I unless, mean, unless you just like drop a f-
1: really bad loss, like yeah, Alabama losing sense. at A and M this week or something, would be really bad.
0: But or the SEC title games, like forty nine to nothing, Alabama or something like that's one of the at this point it's really the only circumstance if they both make it to Atlanta, they're they're locks for me.
2: If Georgia has two losses, though, you know, in the East, you got to beat Kentucky, Florida, and now they've got Auburn to to deal with. They're just yeah. This looks so much better, though. They look so much better. I mean, Stens when I heard Stenson Bennett was starting at quarterback, <laughs> I'd already been <clears throat> extremely irresponsible and heavy on Arkansas when Stenson Bennett was announced. <laughs> I I lost all ability to reason or think the things i did are unconscionable and uh, i paid dearly so if a team with stenson bennett can do that to me i potentially their talent knows no bounds but this is college football you you can look great one week and then get embarrassed the next um so i would never i
0: mean George Pickens is starting to practice again, man. Like they're going to get even more explosive on offense. If he's able to play
2: well, and I'm kind of a JT Daniels believer with at Georgia. like he's, he's won me over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They can do some stuff. He gets a little continuity. He'll have to start coming up in the power rankings. Um, Okay. So we all have Georgia Bama. No one's going hot. Takey off of that. After that, uh, Jake, start
0: us off. Who you got at three? At number three right now, I'd have Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit. I mean, a top ten win against Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's very good. Um, Notre Dame but, sucks, but still. I mean, Cincinnati so, has showed some guts so far. Man, they go on the road, beat Notre Dame. They come back against uh, Indiana, beat yeah. them by two touchdowns. Um, they still gotta play UCF, they gotta deal with the triple option and navy. I mean SMUs ranked. So there's still some they're not like big games, but there's still some some you know hurdles to clear along the line here. Um but they're just they just seem like a team that's it's really matured and come together. It seems like this is if I think Justin said it, this is the year a G5 team gets in, it's this year.
2: And and you look at the schedule they have too, like the, the hard games are done, so. I, I if, if they don't make it in it's not going to be because they lost a game that's where I'm at I think they go undefeated right. and you know what they're sitting fifth right now You've, they, they've got to get in if they go undefeated <laughs> I have this G5 conversation on a pod every four years and then, believe it or not, even though it seems like they'll go undefeated, <laughs> something happens right. in conference play, and Boise blows it or whatever. And then it's like, oh, we aren't going to have a G. <laughs> just fair warning. But I, I guess we have seen it
1: with UCF and stuff, and they just weren't let in. And that's that's the Cincinnati route. Cincinnati last year. I mean, they ran the table last year and didn't get in. So I mean, yeah, we'll just. Fair. Granted, it was a COVID year, and they didn't get the full twelve games and and all that, but. It, it has been done. I don't know. I, I have Iowa at three. Okay. I think with what they did at Maryland on the road, it's kind of hard to, to argue against. I actually, I thought there was potential for an upset there with okay. Maryland, and they they got their teeth kicked in. Jeez. It was one of those CCU fans who were like, see, was awesome. That was an even better performance for the Rams, which, I mean, yeah, kind of. But I, I've got Iowa three. They've got to prove themselves at, against Penn State, though. And I, it's really for both those teams, right? Like this is the their week to kind of cement themselves as the top dog outside of Michigan at this point.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm I have Cincy at three as well. Hank, they're your third. Yep. Okay, so there, there's the consensus there.
1: I got um, Cincy
2: four. Cincy four. Fair. Uh, Iowa. Honestly, the Rams. Every year, there's a common opponent that confuses the hell out of this the Rams beating Toledo who took Notre Dame to overtime and then playing Iowa close is a tough one to figure out because
1: we're going to find out now man comments play like we're going to find you out if it what? translates or not or if it was just kind of wonky games and that does happen in college football so we'll find out if it's a Cinderella story or if the carriage is going to turn back into a pumpkin
2: And then to me, this fourth is wide open. You, I mean, you took your shot with Iowa and that's where it's wide open, but you could go, I mean, winner of the big 10, you've got at least four options. You could go Oregon, which I guess is as wide open, um, as any winner of the big 10 who we can all presume will have one loss at least probably
1: Hank, where are you at with Oregon now that Verdell's up for the season? So, I mean, the, the good news is that they have three down. really good running backs. The bad news is that
2: Verdell is the one who is really going off early in the season. Um, and honestly, what scares me more is the quarterback. Um, obviously, uh, Anthony Brown, he's, he's played really well at points, but also just didn't show up against Stanford. And you, you can't afford that. And so you look at the rest of the schedule, though, for Oregon and what they've got uh, um, UCLA and Utah are probably the two games that you look at um, and say those are going to be tough. And I guess Oregon State will always play them tough inexplicably. But um, I still I still think they should be really heavy favorites in every game. It's just that we've seen a stinker. And so who knows? Yeah. That's the problem. Um, so Hank, who do you have as your fourth? It's tough. Um, I'm deciding on the spot right now. I might I might just go Oklahoma. I think that they can they they'll win their games. Sure, it's it's looking ugly at this point, but I feel better betting on Oklahoma winning the Big 12. I mean, that who who's going to beat them in the Big Twelve? It's not they're not all that good. Meanwhile, Iowa, right, Penn Texas. State. Michigan Red River rivalry, for Red River Rivalry, but yeah, but with the big 10, I think those teams are just going to beat up on each other and maybe one gets through with one loss after the championship game. I think everybody has probably two. So I'm going to Oklahoma.
1: Oklahoma. Where the something? I don't know the song. I had
0: Oklahoma also, and I mean, I think Hank nailed it on the head when it comes to the Big Ten. Um, I mean, the Big Ten East is just absolutely stacked. Of course, there's Iowa, um, and they've got that big matchup against Penn State. Um, I'm I'm leaning Penn State in that matchup already, I'll tell you now. Uh But, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, they all have to play each other still. They haven't played – no one's played each other in that division (laughs) still. So, I mean – Is there a team that you could really put your money on to come out of that stretch undefeated? I mean, I maybe lean Penn State, maybe Ohio State a close second at this point. But um, I don't know, man. I think they're just going to eat each other alive. And Iowa, I know they've been impressive and everything. I just don't know if they have the talent to really hang with uh, Alabama or Georgia. And that's just kind of why I left them out.
2: I've got Penn State. The Oklahoma case is an interesting one. You could make a case for Texas. You have the same argument, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Penn State. I I like how that offense is operating, and I think the defense has looked uh pretty stacked and certainly should compete. I think they'll have that edge over Iowa just um at the skill positions and match up pretty well in the trenches and what have you. I think they'll. I think they also have a slight edge at quarterback over, um, Michigan, uh, of course, blocking aid and Hutchinson is going to be a real, a real issue. And, um, and stopping that Michigan running game, this, this Michigan offense is no joke. Um, and Ohio state's probably a loss. And so who knows, you could have a tie in Ohio state's the one who actually, uh, gets the championship there but i'm gonna i'm gonna take penn state it's true it's gonna be grueling but anyone who comes out of that stretch out of that four game stretch plus the big Ten championship in Indy with just one loss is gonna look really good is gonna have a really strong resume in fact such a
1: strong resume you could probably get away with even two losses um that who do presents, you guys have at five six then because i imagine our top six is probably basically the same because i had if I have Bama one, Georgia two, Iowa three, Cincinnati four, then I have Penn State five, Oklahoma six. So it's it's the same teams we've all talked about. Who do you guys have at five at five six? Would there be anyone else that's in the conversation? I guess it depends on how high you are on Michigan and Ohio State. I'd probably put yeah. Oregon at six. Okay, I, I consider it at least. I go Penn State at five,
2: but then Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon. Mostly because Oregon just has so much easier of a schedule. I'll I'll throw Oregon in there. Let me be a homer.
0: Uh, I've got uh, Penn State at five and then Ohio State at six. Um, I don't want to sound like an Iowa hater. I just don't know if they have the speed and the overall talent that some of these teams do. Um, And, you know, I'm a Broncos fan. I watched the Broncos win Super Bowl 50 by creating a lot of turnovers. And... I know that's how Iowa plays, but I just don't know if that's really a long-term recipe for success in college football.
1: I give the Iowa pitch. Sure. They're the only yeah, team I want to hear—the only team in the country right now that has two of the top five PFF graded cornerbacks. Their cornerbacks are both in the. I'm drawing a blank on their names. I had it written down earlier. Davion Nixon. Think, is that yeah, one he's one of yeah. them. Yep. And then um, the other is their offensive line, man. Yeah. It's awesome. And I I just don't think Petrus is phenomenal, but he flashes enough and he's got some arm talent that I think like if you can get him rolling, they do have speed at the outside. It's yeah. it's not an Ohio State offense, but I think their wide receivers are sloped on a little bit. And part of that has to do with the way that they play. And I just think that their that secondary is is pretty disruptive. And I think the quarterbacks you're going against in the Big Ten, just they're not like that great this year. You know, I think all of them you can kind of rattle them a little bit. So I just think Iowa might be the least sexy team, but I think they might just be the team that like plays the smartest and ends up surviving just based on their style. And I I do think they have enough talent to at least contend. So that that's my Iowa pitch.
0: I mean, they play out of the West. So I mean, they get Penn state this weekend, but they have Michigan Michigan state and Ohio state. So yeah, that's huge.
2: That's huge. Um, is just one of those teams, man. They're like those, uh, they're like those old Michigan State teams under um, D'Antonio. Like, if D'Antonio was a dog in a top 25 matchup, holy shit, he was going to get his guys to show up. and they, they might just beat Ohio State or whoever you put in front of them.
1: Yeah, also my they also might lose to
2: Rutgers, though. Exactly. When they were 10-0 and in December in an ugly game in, like, yeah, northern New Jersey or whatever Rutgers is, things could get pretty ugly and they, they might just like,
1: I love that. That's spot on. That's Iowa. The last three years in a nutshell. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And not to just read off this
0: entire schedule the entire time, but I mean, they go, they get Penn state at home this weekend, but they still have to go to Wisconsin, go to Northwestern, go to Nebraska. I mean, these aren't top 25
2: teams at the moment, but those are tough games, man. Don't sleep on Michigan state. It Who's um, <laughs> also undefeated in the big 10. I would go uh, just predicting the final rankings. I'd go Ohio State five, Oregon six. And I wonder.
1: if Ohio State over Oregon, even though Oregon has the head-to-head win? No, flip them.
2: Great point. Great point. Um, love it. Hey, man, that's going to be tough. Okay, let's get into this week. Stanford, Arizona State, Jaden Daniels. There's actually two like pro-caliber quarterbacks here um, in this matchup that I would not sleep on. But yeah, this actually should be a good one for Arizona State Sun Devils, favored by thirteen. This is a Friday game for you all. So, uh, Henry, Arizona State. It's it's going to be a good test for Arizona State. I mean, I'm going to bet on them because I love the way they play football, but also if Stanford just kind of bullies them in the trenches, I and mean, we've seen Stanford win games this season by doing that, they don't think they're going to win. Um, and if things go south for Arizona State, can they respond? Um, I'm not sure because it seems like they either put up like 40, 50 points or you spend the whole time thinking like, what, what, what is wrong with you right now? like what is happening. Uh, so I'm going Arizona state because I do think that that offense can just put up big numbers, but Stanford scares me. I love Stanford. Check out Tanner McKee. That's uh that's a nice little quarterback up there in Palo Alto. And I like them to cover the spread.
0: Yeah. I'm on them plus 13 and a half. Also there we go. That's what it is.
1: Plus plus 13. And a half. that's way too big for a conference right. game. Yep. It's on a
2: Friday. Get your bets in
1: while you can. All right. Red
2: River Rivalry. Let's get into it. Rattler maybe turning the corner. B. John Robinson. Is that how I pronounce my man's name? Mm-hmm. So some electric playmakers. I think that Oklahoma O-line full of transfers and guys who aren't really working out uh, will be the issue
1: here. I like the long corners. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm a, I already bet on the Texas money line. Um, it's only a three-point spread, so Vegas yeah. kind of used this as a pick, and it's usually competitive even when there's a talent disparity between the team, and I oh, I think they're pretty evenly matched. I think this could be one of those classic ones where it's a you know, 4 41 type deal. Neither one of these defenses impressed me, but I'm really excited to watch it.
0: I'm going to take Oklahoma minus three.
2: Mm. Yep, me too. i want to watch Nick Benito in this one. Mm-hmm big game um i also what's the total anyone got that in front of them
0: yeah um 63
2: and a half i take the over yeah yeah even though that's (laughs) i'm taking the over i take (laughs) a (laughs) over yeah uh mayorland ohio state not going to be much of a matchup but worth watching with uh Tua's little brother, another big test for those guys. Um, and obviously Ohio State town all over. I'd especially watch the two offensive tackles. Um, Arkansas, Old Miss. Jalen Cameron, redemption game Burks redemption yep. game for both after big losses. Matt Corral, of course, it's at Old Miss. That's Oxford, Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. And uh We've got the Rebels favored by five and a half.
0: Um, I'm going to take the Rebels um, swallow the points. Uh, this is also Arkansas is the team that Matt Corral threw six interceptions against last year. Mm. And I think that there's even more of a re- revenge game factor there. I mean, since that point, he really turned the corner and was more efficient and just better uh, passer when it comes to decision-making. And I think he's got this game circled, so I'm going to rely on that.
1: You just flipped my opinion on that one. I was I was leaning on Arkansas, and I love a story like that. And they're at home, you know. Ole Miss should have some juice. At least you would think they. You thought they would have a little bit more last week too. But Hank, where are you at on that one? I've got Ole Miss. They score so many points that I,
2: I. I think part of it is that I just want to root for them. As fun as that quarterback is, like. I just love watching the Lane Kiffin offense. And I think that it gets back on track and I hope that those two things aren't intertwined, but they might be
1: any fear that Auburn
2: challenges Georgia. Oh man. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. UGA 15 and a half on the road. I take, I take the points with Auburn all the way. Um, Watch that Auburn cornerback who uh, might be one of the best in the entire country, Roger McRae. Um, in this one. And I mean, Georgia's just got studs
1: all over. And am, am I a soccer? Like no, I dude. Just... Bo Nix is the best bad quarterback in football. Yeah. Like uh,
2: he's yeah. he's you would
1: you wouldn't actually want him, but he's fun to watch and he runs around and he's good for at least three plays a game where he throws True. a fuck it ball and his guy just comes down with it. And I mean, he's upset LSU twice now in his career. Like, he's just kind of a he's a big game hunter. This is a 2019 LSU, though. Um, we've been true. talking about.
0: I'm Very taking true. Georgia. I'm gonna swallow the points again. Just, I'm not. I don't think I could be caught dead betting
1: on Bo nick honestly. No, I I think they might cover though. again you know, I don't make it a little bit more interesting than the 15 and a half point spread. I, I mean, it is 15 some of these picks. Jake is getting
2: out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so, a tough one. I'm all yeah, takeoff. Huh? Give me the points.
1: <laughs>
2: I just, I know, I never mind. I'm changing my answer. I say that, and then I think of all the times that that phrase has come out of my mouth. It's like it is. It never works. It never works. No, never Georgia's works. much better. They're gonna beat the hell out of them. That
0: front seven versus Bo Nix. Come on, man. <laughs>
2: yeah. No. It, this is Georgia. On. This is Georgia. Well, and the other thing was Georgia just, I thought on offense, Arkansas would be able to give up more of a fight. That that Arkansas D-line's full of like grad transfers. They're at at least like muscular and older. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. They could not stop that running game at all. And then Bennett was like, Bennett was lights out. You talk about Bo Nix. Bennett was lights out. Out just like surgical Baker Mayfield in his Heisman season like it was Absurd I could not I went catatonic During that game I I need to stop talking About it I I've never been So desperate after one drive With an 18 and a half Margin it was just like We're we're done This is exactly why they set the line At 18 and a half Uh, Insane game of The week Penn State at Iowa Iowa barely favored the old one and a half neutral field, Penn State would be favored. I'm taking um, Iowa. I mean, we laid All the right. cases out already, I think. Jake yeah. and I Penn State. Yep. Yep. Henry, you're Penn State as well. Yep. Penn State. Oh man. I do just my thing is more so than maybe. Like, at, at some point, Iowa's need to need, Iowa will need to play fast. And that's just not something I think that they're going to do when the time comes. I don't know whether that's this week or whether they just bowl over them again. Um, But if I've got Penn State five, I've got to take Penn State here. So we're taking Penn State.
0: Yeah, kind of the same thing. I mean, I think they're Penn State's just really well-rounded. Clifford only three interceptions on the year. I mean, that's that's the key, right? Well, defense has been great too, but that's the key I think is Penn State offense for Iowa defense. Limit the turnovers, actually sustain some drives, get some long touchdown drives in, force Iowa to the distance of the field. I mean, I don't know. I I think I'm kind of wish casting right here, but I think that Penn State's a team that can do it.
2: Yeah. Home field to to go and play in, Um, and it's a big test for James Franklin. You know, he's had Penn State this highly ranked before. And then when that big test came up. The other thing is, like Arkansas, they've already faced a really tough schedule. And you do wonder about these teams. Like, are you, is Arkansas burnt out by playing Texas and, you know, a and And they had just a hell of a schedule. Yeah, I got to stick to Penn State with all the college football stuff. But, I mean, it's a tough game at Iowa. It's a tough game yeah uh, i honestly i kind of feel like any one to three split between the panel i'd like to be on the side that the one is on yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> just something about you're, you're smelling the dog or the fave the right way if you're the one person on the panel that's thinking huh that. i never thought of that
1: oh, i don't know man. i'm just in on i like i I thought Iowa was really good going into that CSU game. Then I was confused by CSU's tough fight at it. And then they went to Maryland and like kind of brought me back around to where I was already feeling. And then I'm sure there's some Homer in me that wants, you know, Iowa to be legit and looks better for CSU. Like just, but I don't know. I just, I like the way they play. It's not sexy, but I think it's winning football and Honestly, I think that could be good enough in the Big Ten this year because I just I don't think any of the I think all these teams are talented, but I don't think any of them are Bama or Georgia. Um, Where are you guys at with Kentucky hosting LSU? Because this feels like classic letdown territory after picking up the momentous win against Florida and LSU coming off a heartbreaker as well. Exactly. Like I I don't I I really want Kentucky to be good this year because I think it's fun for college football. But this this would be the classic loss that they've had these last couple of years. Where they've been competitive, they push teams, but they still have the one to three performances a year that just kind of leave you scratching your head. Oh man, um, I've overthought this one a lot. If you guys can't tell,
0: I think. Oh Jesus! I'm I'm first off, point. I'm not touching this game, but right, uh, right,
2: <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't touch it. If I did, I'd go Kentucky. I, I don't yeah. know that I can, that I'm allowed to put money on Coach O anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, they might just be terrible, man. They might. He might. Just How be hot a is awful Coach? If they end up uh, like going 500 this year, he's out, bro. I mean, I'm you sorry. know two years removed yeah. from an Natty. <laughs> Look, oh, man, It happened to Gene Chizik
0: too. Um, that I mean, was yeah, but that was just, dumb as hell. But sometimes you just Auburn, get these teams. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I mean, I don't know. He kind of got lucky, I guess, with Joe Burrow transferring in. I, I know he's one of the main reasons why he oh, came in, but Joe Brady, like, well, see, I I don't know. I just haven't seen since then, I haven't seen anything that's made me want to pound the table for Ed Orgeron at all.
2: Yeah. So and I mean, that's what I was saying all summer is that I'm out on LSU and I feel like at this point I just got stick with it. Now not reading too
1: much into the UCLA win. They're both overrated. But we're yeah. one on three again. I'm taking LSU in this game. Okay. Really? Oh, man. I, it's not even because I like think they're a good... I think Kentucky is a better football team than they do. I just yeah. think history has shown repeatedly this is where Kentucky lets down. Now, maybe it's different under Stoops, and they've certainly elevated the talent level. I like what they've got going in the trenches, but the SEC is dumb. Like, it, it's great football at the top, but most of it is just a bunch of dumb games in the middle of the season that don't make a whole lot of sense
2: you answer the question how hot is that or drone seat it's hot <laughs> he should just be a legend there. should just give him a seat automatic they should throw money at Joe Brady and give him coach O's salary you know. coach O's just like an honorary like AD who plays the head coach and let's move this thing along you know Yeah, that's what I do. I I don't think they can fire him after this year. I think they've got to give him one more.
1: have to. And Natty maybe buys him one. But if they flame out, (sighs) LSU and Auburn are very similar. And where their expectations are both like, we want to be Alabama. We want to be Ohio State. But they're just not. Not on a year-to-year basis. And it's one, it's, it's why I think Auburn might actually be the worst gig in the country because you're, you're expected to be Alabama, Florida, Ohio State, when in reality you're probably closer to Mississippi State, Ole Miss most years, and it's just like oh, yeah. you're good for a flame in the sun every now and then when everything goes right, when add a rec- couple transfer pieces, you know you get a Cam Newton, you're, you can have a national championship year, but on a year-to-year basis, it's just so hard to keep it up, and SEC, it's, it's just, just different. As long as that natty
2: window's open, when you get the right transfer once in a while, all is good.
1: No. I take that. I take not that a road. lot of not a lot of draft implication other than my guy Trey McBride, a couple other guys on the San Jose State defense. But I'm just curious where you guys are at putting you on the spot here. CSU is actually two and a half point favorites over the reigning conference champions last year. What? Yeah, they're favorites in this game. How? Oh man, San Jose State's like three and two. They just got be on
0: down by Jose. Western Michigan. Yeah, I bet on San Jose State a few times already this year, and they've
1: they've really hurt me. Nick Starkle might not be playing either. Oh, okay. okay, now I actually might be on San okay. Jose. State. There we go.
2: <laughs> Jeez. I um, might I might get in now before it moves if Nick Starkle
1: plays. I think, think he's is is gonna San play Jose. based on what I've read, but it's like very up in the air at this point. They kind of went back and forth last week, but. Their offense has not been good, man. They struggled at Hawaii, which is always a weird place to play. But Western Michigan beat them down. They've had to travel a lot. Like we're only five weeks in, they've already gone to Hawaii and Western Michigan. No buy in between. I don't. I I feel so good about CSU in this game that it makes me absolutely stick to my stomach because that's never been a good place in my experience. So I guess what I'm Indirectly telling you guys is I feel great about CSU, and that should make everybody feel very nervous if they are CSU backers.
2: Perfect. Yeah, I wouldn't touch the Rams with a <laughs> ten-foot pole in this <laughs> one, but um, oh, I'll be rooting for them for sure. I
1: that would just terrify me. Um, They're gonna win a dumb game like twenty to seventeen, where nobody really deserves it. Oh, for sure. That is happening,
2: guaranteed. Is it this game? Not so sure. Yeah. Well, that's a fine one. Um, Really nice having the whole crew together. Really enjoyed that. We will be back next week. Probably mix it up a little more, but I'm glad to be back to the in season format, really getting into all these matchups, stock rising, stock falling um, and so on and so forth. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you fellas for doing this. We will be back next week.